0: Are you an entrepreneur, industry expert or influencer? Did you know that speaking is one of the highest paying professions in the world? Download my free PDF checklist now and you can learn how you can become a highly paid speaker. Go to jamieabbott.com forward slash speaker guide. Hello and welcome to Pitch Perfect, the podcast where we shine a spotlight on the power of effective communication, strategic business thinking and the spirit of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Jamie Abbott. I've spent years mastering the art of public speaking and public relations, weathered the storm in the business world and have emerged, not only surviving but thriving in the face of challenges. And now I'm here to share my insights and experiences with you. Whether you're an entrepreneur looking to take your business to the next level, a marketing professional wanting to sharpen your skills, or simply someone who wants to become a better communicator, this podcast is for you. So buckle up and join me on this journey. Let's learn, grow, and conquer the world of public speaking, public relations, marketing, and business strategy together welcome to pitch perfect Well, my guests today are a passionate duo in home design. They're known as home design coaches. We have Trish Pickersgill and Heather Morris. Now, let me read out their introductions before I open to them. So Trish is a mother, a building designer, a coach, a cake designer, and a business owner. With 23 years experience as a building designer, she's known for her attention to detail and her ex Expertise in kitchen design. Her superpower lies in finding multiple ways to solve problems and her goal is to personalize each design for the end user. Now, Heather, Heather Morris loves design and is a mother, architect, mentor, coach, property investor, and business owner with over 25 years of experience as an architect. She is known for her expertise in design, compliance, systems, and processes, Her superpower is making complex issues easy to understand and her goal is to ensure that you get your design right the first time to save time and money. And together, they are a force to be reckoned with, known as the Scribble Club. Trish and Heather, welcome to Pitch Perfect. Thank you. Hello. It's great to see you here. And can you tell me, first of all, I'll throw to you, Trish, how did the scruple club come about how did you find each other and tell me about sort of the origins and and why you decided to form this uh this club
1: yeah sure we connected through the hero empire builder with tina tower so we um both had the aspirations to run online courses and um yeah especially in design ourselves so we already had our sort of course ideas outlined and mapped out and Heather just reached out and said, hey, do you want to catch up for lunch? Uh, she was in town in Tassie. So, um, yeah, we'd caught up, End up being a, instead of a one-hour lunch, it was a three or four-hour lunch, I think, in the moment. Um, we just connected on so many levels with the, the similar values in the industry and, and experiences, so d- at different ends of the scale. Heather's more involved in the commercial and I've been more involved in the residential sector of, the, of construction. Yeah, so we just, we found we had some really great connections with our same values and, and, and thoughts about the industry.
0: That's great. Heather, anything else you want to add to that from your perspective?
2: Yeah, so we have a really good synergy because I came from, well, I ran a large commercial practice on the Eastern Seaboard that had over 50 staff. So I very much think about big picture and high level and strategy. And Trish is very much about the doing. She's married to a joiner, so and that's the person who puts kitchens together and installs them. So she gets down into the fine details. So it really is a nice synergy between very high level strategic, kind of thinking and then very detailed thinking, but also architects and home designers and building designers are quite a different kind. Uh, Background. So architects are very detailed and prescriptive. So we'll actually show you where your toilet roll holder will be in in a bathroom, whereas a building designer will be a little bit more generic and there's a little bit more open to interpretation. So there's been a real, uh, a, a better understanding between both of us of what we do in our respective industries, which has been a great learning process too. And together, we're really passionate about helping people have access to design because unfortunately design can be very elitist and very expensive. And what we don't want to happen is for people to try and do it themselves and get themselves in a lot of trouble and waste a lot of time and money so part of our whole ethics is about making it accessible and universal to everybody so no matter what your background you've got access to a lot of free content and then there's also we will have courses and things if you want to take more of a deep dive into it but on Instagram, on all our social media, and um, free masterclasses as well. So it's very inclusive for everybody, and I guess that's something that we both share. We both want, particularly females, to be able to do have, have their dream house, but without costing them too much money <laughs> and making yeah. mistakes. That's the big one: making mistakes. And so, and how does it work out?
1: Sorry, you go. Sorry, Jamie. <laughs> I was just going to say that's part of our common theme. We notice as well is the in, within the industry, all our clients will come into us and say, we don't know where to start or we don't understand. And I think that's something that we've really loved is that coaching and education process behind what the industry has to offer.
0: That's fabulous. And so how does it work? I was just going to say the two of you, are you co-located near each other in the same town, same state? How do you, do you catch up or is it all online?
1: I'm in Tassie, so <laughs> yeah, a bit of both actually. So I'm in Tassie in Launceston and Launceston and Heather actually visits Launceston or Tasmania in uh, the warmer weather. So she runs away when it gets cold and we're sitting at minus two this morning, so she's not here. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm in Tassie and we we catch we caught up in person initially through those warmer months and then my see it's either via Zoom or phone calls, so yeah, and Heather, you are
2: in a warmer in, state. Yambet. Yes, I'm in Yambour in northern New South Wales, which is just the new Byron Bay, if anyone hasn't realised. So, Don't
1: <laughs> but, tell yeah. too many people that.
2: No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell anyone. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's quite a different environment. But the other amazing thing about that is I've always worked up and down the eastern seaboard of Australia, and so it gives us a great understanding across the board of all the different things. I've travelled around Australia three times with a caravan when I went into semi-retirement, so I really do understand all the different challenges that people have around Australia and they are quite different climatically and also with building codes and so my specialty in compliance means that I can talk to people in all sorts of different states with lots of different requirements. So for example in Tasmania probably 80% of that is bushfire prone so that's a whole different design code and raft of challenges compared to eastern seaboard.
0: Yeah I love that and so both of you are ladies in the construction industry which is an industry that's I guess, traditionally and probably still is, really dominated by males. What's it like being a female in your industry?
1: Well, we could tell some stories, I reckon. I'm sure (laughs) you could. Yeah. (laughs) Heather's Heather's had a few more, um, yeah, scary ones than what I have. But um, I think there's a big change, and I'm seeing definitely um, dealing with trades and builders. There's been a big change from the younger generation in more accepting of females in the industry. And I really found and valued that um, to be really great and um, I've definitely evolved and learnt a lot more from them I think it's being open to a two-way conversation it's not us and them in regards to male and female in my experience.
2: Yeah whereas I've gone, I was a groundbreaker so when I first started in construction industry a site shed was like a men's locker room (laughs) complete with you know the nudie posters and the whole bit it really has changed phenomenally in terms of just interacting with other humans and i think that's a really great thing the wolf whistling and all the things that used to be aligned with building sites are not allowed anymore and we all have to treat each other with respect and courtesy Uh, but it has been a big change for some of the older particularly men in the industry because they're just used to treating people in a certain way and so it was very difficult so just to give you an example, I think I wore trousers for all oh, probably 15 or 20 years because they would have the joy of sending you up a ladder if you were wearing a yeah. skirt, that sort of oh, thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, you just learned to kind of uh, bring things back to being sensible and normal. But I always was very down to earth with them and, and wasn't trying to be any different. But it's good to see that one of the big issues in our industry is that ladies go off to have babies and it's very hard to get back in because regulations and compliance and everything changes so rapidly that it's like it it is a a culture shock to come back into something so one thing we're very passionate about is keeping people involved in the industry so if they have a bit of time off come back in um, get your knowledge base up again and and keep going because it is we have a huge attrition rate of females in the industry that's something that we'd like to see changed.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that applies to a lot of industries, actually. So that's really great to hear. It sounds like you're not there yet um, as far as being on an even keel, but it sounds like there's some, you know, huge progress being made there, which is great. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, what I, one of the things I love and I teach in Pay to Speak, Heather, you'd know this in PR club, uh, being a PR club member is about adding a futuristic element to your keynote so if you can talk about the next three years in the building industry or the next three years the real estate property people love that crystal ball so i'll just ask you what is the future of home design in australia is uh is, is it something pretty cool
2: well it's actually interesting jamie because we're in a perfect storm at the moment so uh, without being too uh, scared about the whole thing but uh, What's happened in the last three years, we've had some really big dramatic changes in our economy and in the way we live. So we had the pandemic and so people were based at home a lot more. So they got used to working out of their homes, things like that. We also have had fairly catastrophic natural events. So we've had fires in New South Wales. We've had floods. We've had all those sorts of things. So we've got a large displacement of people that are homeless and particularly for scarily enough, Um, 50 year old women plus who fall through the safety net they've actually got employed but they um um, they don't have public housing Um, and we've also got a massive shortage of housing in Australia and combined with that this groundbreaking thing I'm about to tell you industry insider tip that from the first of July some of our very large aged care facilities are going to put a line through having high care facilities so that is going to change the face of the way we look at housing in Australia because what's happened with all the government changes. So the reason that the changes and the regulations have been come through is from risk. So we've had high rise buildings that have had failures through Sydney. So the legislation is all tightened up and the processes have tightened up. But the result of that is that there's not very many places being built. So we've got record low development application levels. If you combine that with a whole bunch of aged care providers not being able to provide that service because they have to provide a nurse full time is it expensive and the minimum wage has just gone up, meaning that most of the healthcare workers in one large client that we know of, um, the, that bill, just that one change would increase their pay rates by um, $1.5 million on their baseline. So this is all going to change. So the only solution we really have, other than the government throwing some money, at they're trying to do that at the moment for low cost accommodation, is a, a concept that we've come up with, which is called the universal home or the U home, which is effectively like a granny flat, but, but larger in the back that people can put in their backyards. And that's a two bedroom place with a disabled compliant or accessibly compliant toilet and shower. And what that does, what people don't realize is that aging in place or aged care um, dimensions and everything's in toilets and showers as well as people with disabilities is exactly the same. So under the building code, it's the same. So what we're saying is a a U-house, a universal house that you can put in your backyard will really, this is what's going to have to happen because we haven't got the infrastructure or the way forward to be building all these multi-storey units because there's no profit margin in it for the developers. So general society is going to have to pick up the load. And if you've got an ageing parent and you know that they need care, A granny flat in the backyard doesn't work because it's only for one person. So what we're going to see in the future is a change in model and a change of thinking. And Trish and I are working with um, lobby groups with disability, and we will be working with government to try and get these changes. Unfortunately, these changes have to happen sort of at a federal level. So it's going to be a really, really big impact and a big change. But something has to change and something has to give or we just won't have enough accommodation to fit people. And we've got a lot of immigration happening as well. So if we're going to keep everything sustainable, we need to look at a different model for how we house people. So it's kind of like the small house concept, but unfortunately these houses can't be too small because we've got to have full accessibility throughout them.
0: And so, oh, what she... you're suggesting there is that, say, the the my mother, for example, when she gets um, older, she would live there. Is that the idea? So, Correct. the sons and yeah. daughters of these um, the aged care population would be actually building this in their own backyard. Yeah, that's correct. So
2: also the other thing, the other overlay is to get somebody into aged care, one, there's a waiting list, so there's very few positions. Two, it costs you uh, roughly about half a million dollars to put somebody into an aged care facility. So it's very, very expensive. So it, it we're hoping to create a model that is cost-effective so that you're not having to spend, so some form of modular design that means that the person can be cared for. So what we find with a lot of the ageing things like um, dementia parkinson's um alzheimer's is that the person becomes very dazed and confused and disoriented and it's much much better for them to be in a place that is safe and comfortable but unfortunately also a lot of the action happens at night so you generally need a carer or somebody with them because if they're just left alone they're likely to have a fall or um, be hurt now the same thing is applicable for young people with disabilities so in this country we don't have a lot of fallback for um, they ha- usually are cared for by their parents and if, um, they're not able to be cared for by their parents really the only default position is into aged care so we're finding a lot of young people in aged care as well which is a big issue and we know that their health outcomes are much much better if they're at home or close to home and so a two bedroom place allows them to either have a carer or a relative or somebody stay with them but be relatively self-sufficient it also works for domestic violence victims for low-cost accommodation all those sorts of things so what we're hoping to do is just Throw up some ideas about how we can fix all these problems that we've got in housing at the moment.
0: Yeah. Gosh, you you are such a great keynote speaker on this topic because it's something which you think, oh, it doesn't affect me. I'm not old or my parents aren't old yet, or I haven't got a child with a disability. But at the end of the day, it can happen to anybody. Um, And I know so many people who have a child with a disability who this really does affect. And at the end of the day, we are all getting old as well, (laughs) whether we want to or not. So I think this is going to be everyone's problem, isn't it really? Particularly when, as you said, the aged care sector can't cope with the demand. So it's really really interesting and I think that more people could probably hear that message Heather uh, because sooner or later they will be affected.
2: Absolutely everybody I know has had some sort of effect of a person that's ill or a person with disability or even somebody that they know is a domestic violence victim or just somebody that's had a a bad relationship breakup and needs somewhere to stay um, somebody that's fallen on hard times so really what we're saying is society in general has to pick up the heavy lifting and do the heavy lifting because this is not something that we can fix by building a few high rises for low cost accommodation somewhere with the government. It, that just won't fix it. It's too far. And in Australia, we're so lucky because we do have lots of land. We've got lots of big houses, and that's the other demographic change is with an ageing population. The older people are wanting to downsize. So again, you could have the young family in a large house, and mum and dad at the back in their two bedroom unit. So there's lots of different applications for it. I think.
0: Yeah. Changing the tone now, tell me about the Scribble Club. How can people get involved? What do you offer? Tell me about your podcast, the courses, memberships, everything you've got um, on offer as part of the Scribble Club, people who are listening to this and, and want to get involved. And importantly, who
2: is your target market? Well, the target market really is beginners. So people that are wanting to start out and they just don't know where to start. That's what we hear all the time. It's a big, scary industry. There's so much information on the internet. I don't know where to start. So just to clarify, is... beginner renovators or? Renovators or yeah. home designers, or even if you just want to change the style or look of a space, it's it's that simple. So say you want to, I'm, I'm having a big declutter and I want to redo my living room, for example. I want to style that up, but I don't know where to start. The system and process is exactly the same for if you're doing that, to right through into doing a new home design. The only difference with the new home design is we're considering all the outside parts. So we have a little say, a phrase called inside, outside, upside down. That's our So planning is the first step. Then we talk about inside, so inside the space or inside the house. Outside the space or outside of the home and then upside down. So what happens in our ceilings and all those sort of connections? And we've had a new one well called Downside Up, but do all our connect service connections through the floor and those sorts of things. So in the Scribble Club, that's the sort of thing that we're going through the full process about how you can design either a space and we're going to have mini courses on kitchens and bathrooms and things like that. Uh, but at the moment we're just offering a winter warmer for June, July, August, which is our masterclass and design guides. So it's thirty-seven dollars for the month. So absolute bargain. And they get hot seating with us. They get one-on-one half-hour clarity call to have a chat about it, and access to our masterclass and us as a resource. Now we're expensive in real life. We're very expensive. So that is an absolute. And to get two of us. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) to get two of us for one, it's an absolute bargain. So Trish, if you want to just fill in anything else about
1: yeah so we we love to the our real focus at the moment is our home design guides like Heather mentioned the the winter warmer so each month we we're delving deeper into a single single topic so currently this month we're talking about Pinterest and how that can help you with your design direction and focus next month we're getting into kitchen design and then the following month is living living spaces so kitchen design is my um, expertise definitely I've Done probably a thousand kitchens in my lifetime. So, but um, we get right into the into the nitty gritty in our in our mini course. But this next month's going to be a really great, like Heather mentioned. Where do I start? That is the probably the most common thing we hear from our our clients and our customers is I don't know where to start. I don't know what to start with. And and some of the tools that we provide, um, so your checklists and and cheat sheets and top tips. Um, it just like great. To um, someone to walk into a joiner and go know what they're talking about. Because our terminology is one of the biggest things in our industry that bamboozles clients, that bamboozles anyone. Uh, and it can just be overwhelming. So, we, as part of our podcast, um, the Sketchy Ladies, which you love that name. <laughs> I, think that's I love that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Not because we do sketchy. A lot of sketchy. Yeah, yeah it's so no, sketchy. It's,
0: like, it's like clickbait, isn't it, really? My, yeah,
2: my, little, yeah, my yeah. little cousin went the other day, she went, the Sketchy Ladies. Oh, you draw! Oh, I just got it. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: very like <laughs> clever. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's. Uh, we've really enjoyed doing that because we've got so much that we can banter between our experience that we can bring together and educate. And I think that's part of it is just reducing the the bamboozling of of the terminology. I think that that's probably the scariest thing, like having to go in and talk to the council. What do they mean? Or what am I looking at here? And um, yeah, so. It's the part mainly education and coaching. So our podcast, our monthly design or home design guides, and then delving into our mini courses coming up. Love their
2: podcast. Jamie we structured it very simply so that people can start from the beginning and work their way through so no matter when they jump on the journey we've got the four foundations of good design to start off with and that gives them all the basic terminologies and all the things they look at so for the first 10 or so episodes are all foundational from there we split out into individual areas and there's loads of free resources so we just say to people if you're not sure where to start the sketchy ladies have a listen they're only 20 to 25 minute episodes very concise and we break down those Difficult language barriers and give you all the terminology. Explain what things are, so that you don't feel like you're silly, and you're not feeling like you're asking a silly question, or you can talk to a tradie, that sort of thing. And our website is thescribbleclub.com, so you can find our design guides there and a little bit more about us, and also on instant. Uh, sorry, Instagram is at the Scribble Club. Facebook, the Scribble Club, Pinterest. The reason we love Pinterest is Pinterest is a visual search engine. So it's the same as Google, but it gives us pictures. And what happens when we put our pictures and our boards together, then Trish and I can see exactly what where you're going, what you need to do. It's really, really quick and easy for us to be able to really put you in the right direction. So we're on Pinterest in the Scribble Club as well. So ah. that's all our handles and the social connections.
0: That's great. And we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Well, thank you, Heather and Trish, sketchy ladies who make up the Scribble Club. I love the names. Uh, it's been so great to uh, to chat to you today. And I just think it's fantastic, you know, two women in the construction industry uh, coming together and just really genuinely wanting to help people who have no idea where to start. And yeah, can't wait to follow your journey. And thanks again for um, for coming on Pitch Perfect and sharing your knowledge and wisdom. Thanks
2: so much, Jamie. And a quick plug for the PR club for anybody that's not in it. Join Jamie's club. It's amazing. The masterclasses are amazing. Do yourself a favor, join the PR club.
0: (laughs) I might cut that part out and use that as a (laughs) testimonial. I love it. Thanks, Heather. Take care, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Pitch Perfect. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it and share it to social media. If you'd like to download my free paid speaking resources, go to jamieabbott.com.